Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of the UK Travel Planner Podcast. In this week's episode, Doug and I are going to chat about our road trip around Cornwall, which we took in July 2022. So if you are planning a road trip around the beautiful English county of Cornwall, this is the episode to listen to. Uh, we're going to talk about our road trip itinerary uh, with destination information, some travel tips and more, which will help you to plan your own perfect trip to Cornwall. Um, obviously, there's so much to see and do in Cornwall, wasn't there, Doug? I, it was. It was more of a question of... Uh you know, what things to leave out as much as it was what to include. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I do will stress that if you are planning to visit Cornwall, think about booking tickets, checking tides, making reservations, um, and really planning ahead of time so that you make the best out of your uh, road trip around Cornwall, specifically and especially if you are visiting during the busy summer season, uh, which is when the weather is just gorgeous. It was lovely last year. Oh, we had so a, lucky. Yeah, we had a wonderful time, but really any time of the year, Cornwall is is uh, busy and it's popular. But obviously over the summer months, a lot of Brits will travel down from uh, London and from England, further Scotland, from all over the from place, down, yeah. Yeah, down to Cornwall. Um, so it's worth remembering. So obviously we visited in summer, so we had the long, long day hours of daylight, didn't we, which was great. We did. And then we had the, the issue of where we're going to base ourselves. So we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll start off with basically just kind of we'll talk through each of the different places we visited. This is a seven day road trip itinerary for Cornwall. Uh, we're going to just kind of I guess go into some a little bit of details on some places, but you can get the full uh, itinerary on the website, so uktravelplanner.com. So if you're planning a road trip around Cornwall, you can get the full itinerary, including travel distances, times, all the kind of nitty gritty will be. Uh, in that in that actual article and on the show notes for this episode, which is will be at uktravelplanet.com forward slash episode 44. Can I talk about the trip? Okay, so we started in Exeter, which is in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good start. We went by a train from Salisbury to Exeter. And the main reason we started there was I wanted to do a train line which is just reopened from Crediton to Oakhampton in North Devon. So. That's why we started there. And we also ended, didn't we? We also ended in Devon. <laughs> well, we planned to end in uh, Exeter, didn't we? Yeah. But again, I'll come to that as well later. Oh, okay. Yes, because we did we did another train trip as well, didn't we, uh, in South Devon. But anyway, okay, so I'm thinking about the road trip where you're a little bit worried about driving on the roads in Cornwall. There are ob- obvious options of being able to get yourself uh, down to Cornwall and then taking a private driver guided tour so there is a link to um podcast episode that we did with doug from manage tours which i will also link to so if you you know a little bit concerned about doing the driving down there that is something worth considering most definitely um so we picked the car up in exeter in the morning and then we headed to north devon initially to a place called clavelli and this is a beautiful little coastal uh village but on the way to 
to Clavelli, we actually stopped off at a little dairy shop. We stumbled on this. We didn't know it was there, did we? No, we didn't. We kind of we we're driving past in these little country lanes because that's what you're going to find in, in Devon and Cornwall. And uh, we saw this kind of like like it wasn't a hut, but it had sign for milk and milkshakes. So being a total milkshake freak, <laughs> uh, we had to stop there. Um, and basically, you went and it was all automated. You put your money in and you um, could make a milkshake to take away. So. It, it was fantastic. Or, just, or just buy your milk. Oh, milk. You could buy yeah, milk yeah. as well. We could um, see the cows actually just a few yeah. hundred yards in front of us. Yeah. So the ladies were nearby. So that was our kind of first experience, just a lovely experience and something really different. Yeah. Um, built to do that. I will put some photos of that because I can imagine. We, we, thinking, we only what found it like? because we were, <laughs> the, the sat-nav had sent us off the main road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, but we did eventually get to Cavelli after we had our <laughs> raspberry milkshake. I think we settled on in the end. Yes. Cavelli is a absolutely stunning little village which is on the side of a kind of hillside on the coast it really is picture postcard and absolutely worth a visit it's privately owned um doesn't allow any vehicle transport through its steep uh cobbled streets and you'll see why because that is very very steep um so you have to actually pay for entrance to the village uh, which um, last year, uh, well, no, February 2023, because we checked the price, was £8.50 for an adult. Um, it's really important if you're going to Cavalli to wear comfortable shoes because the path is steep, cobbled, and, and it can be a little bit slippery when you're walking. Um, and you will see as you're walking down the hill, there's all these sledges, which is what people use to bring their um, shopping up to their cottages. So it's most definitely worth seeing. Uh, one thing to note with that, that little village is. Uh, if you want something to eat and drink, there's a nice pub at the bottom. There's little museums to see. The famous um, author, uh, Charles Kingsley, wrote his famous book there, The Water, Water Babies. Babies yeah. 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 So um, the pub at the bottom is called The Snug and Harbour, so you can have a drink and some lunch. And then there is a Land Rover which operates to take you back up the steep hill. Because if you're anything like us, you won't want to walk back up because no. we didn't. No, no, we didn't. We're not going to mention any of the, the times and distances because that's on the, on the website. Yeah, absolutely. So so after Clavelli, we went to? Tintagel. So we drive on the North Devon coast down into Cornwall. And, well, it's just a leisurely drive. Some of it's against the coastline. Some of it's not. And then it was a park and display um, car park. We, park. we parked in it, Tintagel. So we did have some cash for that. Um, the, it, we were there in July, so the car parks are busy, but we did find uh, a quiet a car park through the village. Mm. So if you're going to visit Tintagel Castle, obviously it's, it's um, very famous, uh, associated with um, King Arthur and Merlin's, Merlin's Cave is there as well. So again, it's just a bit of a steep hill in places, so make sure that you're wearing good footwear and also there's a transport service to get you back up the hill again, which is brilliant. I'm so glad they had that because I think there's no ways I would have wanted to walk up both of those from Tintagel or Clavelli. No, and it was hot as well. It yeah, it was, yeah. So after that, we decided we we're going to head to our accommodation. And for this, we chose a shepherd's hut. Now there was a stadium one before. It so was so nice. something a little bit different. And this was on Bodmin Moor. Yeah. So again, I'll put a link to, which is where we based ourselves for our entire uh, week in Cornwall. It just made sense for us to do it that way um, because we were doing visits to North Cornwall and Southern Cornwall and kind of just based ourselves kind of in the middle. It seemed like the best fit Yeah, for us. and it did work really well, actually. Yeah. Um, and Bodmin Moor was absolutely fantastic. Oh. The wild horses, uh, it just, just the wild ponies that live on Bodmin Moor was, was fabulous. And the, uh, the sunrises and sunsets were yeah. 
So that was kind of, that was day one. So Mm -hmm. then on day two, I'll just give you a quick overview of what we did. Day two, we went from uh, the Shepherd's Thought and Bodman World, went to St. Michael's Mount, to Mausel, to Port Kerno, which is where you'll find the Minnick Theatre. And then we went to Land's End and then to St. Ives. And that was a day. So we managed to fit all of that in the day. Remember again, it's summer. So it was, it was light, uh, light, uh, mornings and it was light in late into the evening as well. So you could get a whole day out. Yeah. So we, we set out early, didn't we, to, uh, so, to Penzance where St. Michael's Mount is because we had to check the uh, tides of the bay there because if you wanted to walk across, obviously you need the, uh, the causeway to be clear. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you go to uh, Marazian in West Cornwall for um, St. Michael's Mount, and you will actually see that from the you stand on the, on the beach, and you can see St. Michael's Mount. So depending on how you time it, you can take, which is what we did, we take, took a boat over, and then by the time we wanted to come back, the causeway was free, and we could walk over the causeway. But you, I must stress, you absolutely have to check the tides. Um, and also what's open at certain times of year, because I know um, I, we absolutely love the garden, but it, I believe that's shut kind of from October onwards. So you kind of have to check these things. And we did need cash again to pay for that um, pay and display car, uh, car park at St. Michael's Mount. Give yourself a few hours to mm. enjoy uh, the castle yep. and the gardens. Um, I, to be honest, I, I kind of I just love the gardens. They were just stunning, absolutely yep. stunning. Um, and then you walked up the castle, didn't you? Yes, I had a walk around the castle, and that's pretty steep as well to walk up and through there. Um, not much more I can say. It's a beautiful, uh, old, uh, historic house. Yeah, and you took some lovely photos of, um, of Marazian, oh, yeah. so I'll put those in the show notes as well. I kind of was a yeah. bit lazy and just sat on the grass after the garage, <laughs> after the garage, after the garden, and yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed, uh, just enjoyed the views. It was lovely. So after that, after St. Michael's Mount, we went off to, our intention was to go and park at Mausel, but that didn't kind of work out, did it? It's, uh, yeah, it's Mousehold, pronounced Mausel. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just so busy. It's a one-way uh, traffic system through there, and there's only a few car parks, and we couldn't park. And that was, yeah, that was just that. We couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't. I mean, there's, there's very narrow streets. Um, it is a beautiful uh, you've got beautiful village uh, cottages and shopping and fishing village cottages. Um, and it is, it is a lovely, lovely place to drive through. And it would have been nice to park. But again, we struggled with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so we kind of headed past uh, miles up to Port Kono, uh, which I have some photos of the um, beach called Port Kono Beach. And you would oh. not think it was taken in the UK. Oh. It was just the most beautiful beach, beautiful golden blue. Sands. Yeah, yeah, golden sands, beautiful blue seas. And you also have the Minak Theatre there, which is a theatre that's uh, open air theatre, which is built into the uh, granite cliffs. Um, which again, if we we arrived and there was actually um, a production arm when we didn't have tickets, we could get part, but we, we, there was all the tickets have been sold out. They do sell out in advance. Um, so if you want to go to the Minak Theatre, which I would highly recommend, I think we did feel we'd missed out about that. You need to check the program for live performance dates and get that booked. Um, but you can park and walk down to the down the, the cliffs, down onto the beach, which you did. Again, I, I was being yeah, a bit lazy yeah. and didn't. I just took <laughs> nice photographs uh, from there. Yeah. And then I was probably spent an hour or so kind of just wandering around there because it yeah, was so it pretty. Yeah, um, and then we went on to Land's End. Now, we had been to John O'Groats. So for us, it was kind of natural on this that trip last year that we wanted to go to Land's End. So we did that kind of whole end-to-end of the UK. And John O'Groats is the top end, the, the tip of Scotland. Yeah, and far north Scotland. Yeah. 
So I don't know what to say about Lanzan. It has become quite commercialized. Um, so I think there's kind of split opinions about it. You can have your photograph taken at the signpost, which gives a distance to kind of where you come from on the globe. Yeah. Um, and it is a very popular, it's a very popular for people to kind of do that whole end to end from John O'Groats Land's End. Um, we did actually have a very, very nice um, uh, Cornish pasty there. Oh, we did. And the truth, we actually had two. Yes, well, we well, did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we did an ice cream. So it's nice, but... But it, it, it is not, it, yeah, it's come up, become a little bit more commercialized. So you actually have to pay the parking to get in. It, it's not actually. It was a very big car park there. Even yeah. In the summer, it was, yeah. Was Absolutely. So the next thing we did that day was we drove to um, St. Ives. So it was late afternoon by that point, And we drove the coastal B3306 road um, to St. Ives to have a, have a bit of a leisurely drive, really. Yeah. We planned that because of the, on that north um, Cornwall coastline, um, you've got uh, throwback to the Cornish uh, tin, tin mines, tin yeah, history, yeah. tin mines history. So there's two particular ones: there's Levant Mine and Beam Engine, and that's owned by the National Trust. And then there's the Givor Tin Mine, which is privately owned. They are guided tours only, and uh, you need to check the the opening times for those because they only open a few days a week, Monday and Wednesday for the Levant, and Sunday to Thursday for the Givor. We drove straight past it this time because we were not going to have enough time. Yeah. We did not program that in. On the website, when we've written about this, we've given you the two different options, but you just need to include, you know, the, the time for that in your uh, in, the, in your schedule. Absolutely. And um, people might recognise the Levant mine uh, from the uh, BBC series Poldark because yes. it doubles up as a, as a, as a mill in the series. Um so you'll see it now. We went to St. Ives. This was not the first, the, not the only time the time that we were away that week that we went to St. Ives. And actually, it, we couldn't get parked again. The July extremely busy. Um, and I was saying that we did get parked, but yes. we did not have any cash for parking. So that was something that we had. We kind of learned from that trip around mm. Cornwall that to have some cash with you. Some of the machines as well worked via um, an app which we, we struggled to use, to working, and we just yeah. couldn't get any change for the actual parking meter. So we decided that day to kind of abandon abandon St. Ives that day um, and add it into the schedule later on in the week, uh, which turned out to be actually the best way to do it. Yeah, it may be a good point to say because we planned this trip very well, but we also left uh, flexibility in there for the changing of the plans, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, we made did. a conscious effort to do that. So after St. Ives, we drove back to Shepherd's Hut for the evening um, and then on to day three. So day three, we went from the Shepherd's Hut and Bodmin Moor to the Lost Gardens of Heligan, Lou, and we went to Jamaica Inn. So that was our itinerary for day three. Uh, so we booked the Lost Gardens of Heligan um, pretty quite a long way in advance. Um, I'd recommend that if you want to go, that you do that. There are, there are 19th century Victorian restored gardens um, set in 200 acres, and they are absolutely stunning. Mm. The whole story around the Lost Gardens of Halligan as well, I'm not going to share that with you because you need to um, read on our website. And, yeah. and actually, I, I would, if you like gardens, absolutely, you need to go and visit the Lost Gardens of Halligan because they're, they're really stunning. I mean, some of the features of the gardens, we will tell you, is the mm-hmm. giant's head, the mud maid, the grey lady, and the wood, woodlands walk. Won't tell you any more than that. <laughs> you need to go and visit. Yeah, absolutely. And there are photographs on our Instagram channel as well, UK Travel Planning. So you can find some photos on there. Other 
there are other things that you can do in that area as well. It's not too far from the Eden Project. You've got uh, Mevagisi and the Bay around there. Um, so, you know, you've got, you have got some options, but I would highly recommend um, the Lost Gardens of Heligan. Um, it's a long time since I've been at the Eden Project. I think I, I went first when it, when it first opened, so a long yeah. time ago. And then after we uh, we'd been there, we decided we wanted a bit of a seaside trip. We did, yeah, yes. So what we decided to do, we went to Liscard um, train station. There's two parts of Liscard train station. There's one that's for the main line and one is for the branch line down to the little fishing village of Lou. Yes, and that's spelled L-O-O-E, not L-O-O. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a very picturesque little train line, yeah. picturesque little uh, village. And uh, we did the very typically British thing. We sat there and had nice creams on the Yes, the and, yes. But just be careful with the um, the seagulls. I will oh, yeah. say that yeah. um, because the seagulls in any part, any really any coastal area in the UK um, in Cornwall, they're just they're huge and they will try and take the food out of your hands, chips or fish or mm. a hot dog or Ice cream, they'll go for anything. They it don't was, really care. I mean, that's another picturesque uh, sort of postcard uh, sort of type village. It's a Victorian uh, village. So is Lou the village that um, is the site of the new BBC series? Oh, that's from, right. Beyond from Paradise. Death in Paradise? Yeah, yeah that's yes. filmed in Lou. Yeah, so if anybody watches that that new series, what's it called again? Beyond Paradise. Beyond Paradise. So that's a spin-off from the uh, Death, in Par- uh, Death in Paradise? Death in Paradise, yeah. yes. Uh, TV uh, series so yeah we we did explore the harbour and the pier and just it was uh it was really it was really lovely wasn't yeah, it yeah, it's called the banjo pier. banjo pier ah okay yeah so we did that so that was after that we drove we got the train back, back. To yeah because we're very important you check when you think when using some of these little, uh, small branch lines that you check in the train times back so you can actually get back to the car. Yeah. So then, uh, after we did get we did get back to the car, yeah. we um, we took the uh, we drove to Jamaica Inn, uh, which is famous from the 1936 book by Daphne du Maurier. Um, so the inn dates back to 1750. It was a coaching inn at that point, and we did we actually had dinner and a drink there, didn't we? We did a favour um, by smugglers. Then, not now. Yes, and I've got a picture of Doug in the stocks there because there's actually stocks at Jamaica Inn. Um, there's also a museum there as well that you yeah. can pop in and find out a little bit more of the history and the, the kind of smugglers and everything that was going on in Cornwall. And that, and that Jamaica yeah. Inn is actually on the, the edge of Podmin Mall yeah. as well, close so to was, where we're staying. That was a very easy drive back across the moor, past again, all the, the just is, we just saw the wild ponies all the time, didn't we? Oh, did um, we? Yeah. Do you remember when we just got to drive really carefully around the yes. wall? But we just turned this corner and there was a whole bunch of them right in the middle of the road in yeah. front of us. Yeah, yeah, so we just slowed down. In, but it was lovely to, to see them. And, you know, there was there was uh, sheep wandering around and cows wandering around and oh. horses and the ponies. And, yeah, just lovely. And, again, the, the sunsets and sunrises on Bodmin Moor were pretty amazing. Oh, um, I think it's pretty good. I don't know if it's past as dark skies, but I think it might be. I need to check that. But mm. it, it was it was absolutely stunning. So day four, we went to St. Ives. So we decided we were going to have the whole day in St. Ives. But instead of driving, we did what we'd highly recommend anybody does, which is... We took the train. Yes. <laughs> which is not unusual for me. If there's a train option there, I, I do try and look at it, don't I? Yeah, absolutely. So but on the website, in the article, we put two options down. One is to drive. And one is to catch the train. Yeah, but we went from uh, Saint Austell to Saint Ives by train. So, um, how do you do that again? Because you have to, you have to change trains. Don't yeah, you? The, just uh, outside Saint Ives is another little place called Saint Earth, 
and that's uh, you can either park your car there and catch the train to St. Ives, which is a good idea from what we've already said about the parking. But um, we caught the train from St. Ossel, St. Earth, and then the little branch line to St. Ives. And it's, an, it's a really um, scenic little uh, train ride, that as well, because you, you see Carbis Bay as you come around. It's really pretty, really, yeah. really pretty. Another steep hill. <laughs> yes, and see, well, if you get off of Carbis Bay, yeah, we're going to go down to the hotel there. It's pretty steep. Um, but, yeah, just you, you sit on the right-hand side in the direction of travel when you're drive, uh, going from the train from St. Earth to St. Ives, and you just get stunning views, it absolutely is. stunning it views. Is. Um, and then there's plenty of things to do in St. Ives. I've got an entire article. I've got a travel guide for St. Ives. I've got 10 things to do in St. Ives. Um, so you've got, you know, fantastic fish and chips there at the Harbour Fish and Chip Shop. You can go to the different beaches. In fact, the pub, we said they were the best fish and chips we had on the trip. Yeah, we did. We yeah. really, really yeah. enjoyed them. Yes. Um, there's a there's a Tate St. Ives. There's a Barbara Hepworth Museum and Sculpture Garden. Um, but just St. Ives, just wandering around. It's beautiful, the whitewashed yeah. um different cottages and the nicely colored doors. I mean, I took some beautiful photos, some of my favorite photos from, from St. Ives last year. And again, you've got a choice, beautiful beaches in that area. Yep. Um, so we spent the entire day there and then took the train back to Bodmin Moor, <laughs> where we parked the, well, parked the car at um, St. Yeah. yeah. So the next day we decided as fans of Doc Martin that we would need to go to Port Isaac. So that's we went to Port Isaac and then on to Padstow. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't um, a long drive, about 45, 50 minutes to, uh, from Baltimore Moor to Port Isaac. And what we decided to do, um, knew this from past visits, we parked at the top of the hill at Port Isaac. There's several car parks there, and you could walk down the main street or you can walk down the, the steps um, overlooking the bay. Yeah, and you'll recognise all the different the school and you know, the the um, the chemist shop and yeah, it's just it's fabulous kind of recognising all the places. So if you're a Doc Martin fan, there are also tours as well that you can book around Port Isaac. But yeah, give yourself maybe I would say maybe an hour and a half, two hours to explore. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and then then after that, we went to um, Padstow because um, it kind of is, is really because of fans, I suppose, of um, Rick Steen. Um, and he owns a restaurant in Padstow. So we decided we wanted to try and some of the, the fish and chips at the uh, Rick Steen's, Steen's uh, restaurant there, which we did, which were very nice. We sat and enjoyed those. No complaints. They were, no, they were that, was good. A, that was a harbour. Rick Steen's the uh, TV chef, uh, chef yeah, in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so that was a really nice day. And then we were on to day six. So the next day we went to Paynton and Dartmouth. Yeah, so we wanted to do, the, oh, I wanted to do the Dartmouth Steam um, train, which is one I've always wanted to do, but I've never actually got around to it. So we actually left Cornwall. I have to distress on day six yes, with this is we, we, did, we actually went we to South Devon to take the steam train. But I was presently surprised because I had I'd never visited Dartmouth before and I was a bit like, nah. it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And being able to take the train and then catching the little ferry across to, was just it was magical. It was it, fantastic. It, it was. It's the. Um, I mean, you've got various options as to how far, how, how many steam trains you do, or if you do a river cruise as well. Um, we did the what basically called the steam train option, but unfortunately, because it was the middle of the summer and it was very very hot, yeah, and dry. it was not yeah. even hot and dry. It was not safe for them to put a steam train on. Unfortunately, so it was a diesel. 
Uh, yeah, but it was still it was it was amazing. I thought Dartmouth was so so pretty, and it's from Dartmouth that the Pilgrim Fathers departed for the New World in 1620. Um, so historically, you know, very important. Uh, but yes, if you can't definitely include uh, uh, Dartmouth into your uh, itinerary, yeah. um, and then we, we drove back to it wasn't it wasn't too far. I mean, it, you know, 65 miles, 91 kilometers from. When we actually went through Dartmoor National Park, so it was a slightly um, longer route. Yeah, just to, just yeah. to get the views of that, um, and and then that was the next day was our last day, and we headed from. Uh, we were really sad to say say goodbye to our shepherd's hut because yeah. we absolutely loved it. Um, somewhere I would highly recommend staying. It was so much fun and different. Um, a bit like the glamping pod we stayed at in far north Scotland. It was just nice to have different experiences, yes. accommodation. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, yeah, we we drove back to. Exeter. With an intention of dropping off the car. However. (laughs) That didn't kind of happen because it turned out that that next day was going to be the hottest day of the summer last year. So it ended up being 42 degrees, which I think is about 107 degrees Fahrenheit. So hot that uh, we had planned to meet my mom uh, at at Highclere Castle. And unfortunately, um, uh, Downton Abbey, as you may know, we, unfortunately it was too hot for her. So we, we couldn't meet them. So we decided instead of taking the train, we'd actually drive the car up to, um, Highclere. But that's it. That's for another whole other episode <laughs> to talk about that. But I have to say it was, it was amazing. And actually sitting there and playing the Downton Abbey music was just so much fun. Um, yeah. So that's, that's our itinerary for seven days in Cornwall. Um, I'm trying to think of any kind of tips that we would we would share. The one mainly just reinforce what I said earlier. We did plan each day, but we didn't over plan and we didn't over pack the days. Yeah, that's true. Because even though um, I'd looked on the uh, AA for the, the route planner for the time and the distance between places, obviously that does not include, you know, if you want to stop off and take pictures, yeah. if you want to stop off and just have a look around, or you can't park the car yeah so in which case you know your plans are changed so we had that flexibility in there didn't we yeah we and did we, even though you know there was lots of traffic we, we weren't stressed and it no. was very relaxed wasn't it it was really good so i think i'd say a few tips is allow plenty of time to park because and sometimes you might not get parked i mean that's yep. just a reality especially yep. in summer yeah um, carry some change for parking yep. meters uh, they're not all except cash but you just need to have that option Again, just talking about driving, I did no driving in Cornwall. Doug did all the driving roads. And I I did drive when I, I took my daughter down there when she was five and drove the entire time. But roads are narrow, single file, and you can get livestock on the roads, high hedges, so you can't actually see what's coming around the corner. Um, so you have to be really kind of careful. I'd recommend if you are not used to driving in the UK that you – uh, look at our um, episode or listen to our episode about Tripiamo, which I think is episode 11, um, which is a, a it's a, w- a way to prepare yourself for driving in the UK. It's resources. We had a medium SUV. So don't go, don't get a huge car. You don't want to be driving a huge car around those roads in Cornwall. That's Definitely for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing that's worth considering as well, if you go in in high season is to book meals, even at pubs, especially for evenings at weekends, because we did struggle a little bit. Um, so it is worth considering it. In terms of tickets before we arrived, we bought we'd bought the tickets for the, the steam railway. Mm. We bought the tickets for Lost St. Gardens. Michael's Mount and for the Lost Garden. So we knew we were definitely going to do those on those days. So that was worth it. So we didn't book the boat 
no cross to St. Michael's until a, a week before, did we? I think it was check, we checked the tides and we were sort of debating about what yeah. day to do, but we did get and uh, we did manage to get the boat book, but I, I probably wouldn't recommend leaving it um, as late if you were planning to visit. Another little tip, as you heard from what we did, just to break up the drive, and if you can incorporate a little bit of a train trip, it does yeah, make a big yeah. difference as well because it, it's fun. And places like St. Ives, we'd already found out it was a bit not so the easiest place to park. Yeah. And the the train from St. Earth to St. Ives is, you know, a matter of minutes. It's not far. And there's a big car park at St. Earth. Yeah, so, so it's easier, easier to do that. It's actually just less stressful. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think yeah. that's given us kind of, given everybody a kind of roundup of our uh, seven-day Cornwall road trip itinerary. There's lots of resources on the website about Cornwall, Cornwall Travel Guide, where to stay in Cornwall, things to see and do in Cornwall, uh, more information about St. Ives. There's lots of photographs uh, on the website, which will kind of illustrate all the different places we mentioned. And obviously this actual full itinerary is written up and available on the website. So you can find those at uktravelplanning.com. But the show notes for this episode are uktravelplanning.com forward slash episode 44. So I think that's a wrap for this week. So I guess that leaves us both to say until next week. Happy, happy UK, UK travel planning. planning. Thank you.